Hey everyone out there, how's it going? Welcome to ScreenSpeak. It's the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. My name is Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and as always, every single time, without missing a beat, without skipping a step, I thank you for coming by and giving this episode a listen. Or any of my episodes, I don't really, frankly, care which ones you listen to, except this one would be good because this is an exciting one for me, personally. So this episode is going to be the first in what I would call a series of episodes that are all connected to the recently wrapped up 2023 Cedar Rapids Independent Film Festival held in Marion, Iowa at Collins Road Theaters. Uh, As you all remember, and I'm sure you saw on my Instagram, if you follow me there, or I believe I've posted about it on Facebook, I know I promoted it a couple of times in previous episodes, my podcast was on site at the festival, and I will tell you what, that was such a such a unique experience and honestly one that I'll never forget. I I really did I think get a lot out of it and I will be sharing my full thoughts on that in a more in-depth episode with the uh, festival director and the founder of the festival. That episode will be coming out here in the near future. Don't know when just yet. We haven't got it scheduled, but soon. So all my festival thoughts will be in that, but for now, I will tell you this. At the festival, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk with a number of different filmmakers, actors, producers, writers, uh, people that were behind the camera or in front of the camera that were involved with the making of a number of these films that were screened at this festival. Uh, So it was very, very exciting just being able to meet so many different people that are in the world of filmmaking, especially here in Iowa, because you don't always associate Iowa necessarily directly with film. But there's actually quite a bit of things that are going on here, and I learned an awful lot from going through this festival experience. So it was awesome. So what this first episode is, is quite literally the first conversation that I had at the festival. Uh, This gentleman that I have on, his name is Dylan Jacobson. He is a film student at the University of Iowa. I believe he said he's in his third year. Uh, He'll graduate, I think, in spring 2024. But he had a short film that he submitted for this festival called Large. Uh, All the information about this short is in the description of this episode. And, of course, we'll talk about it on this episode. So you'll learn all about it by listening to the conversation. But he had submitted the uh, the film as as part of this festival, and his film was selected out of the 99-some-odd films, I think, that were submitted. So he was one of the 51 films that got submitted for official consideration in this festival, which is pretty cool. Um, kind of a funny story on how the conversation actually got started. So this was on Friday of the festival, and I admit I was kind of getting my bearings uh, at the festival, Wasn't exactly sure what to expect, Um, wasn't exactly sure how it would all play out, or frankly, how best I should spend my time there, because I had a table there that I had like business cards and stickers, and I was giving away prizes, so I was thinking about that in the back of my mind for managing that. I'm also wanting to check out the films that are there, so I'm trying to watch some of these films. Of course, talking to the filmmakers, I would say, was my number one priority, Um, And then I would also have to go over to the recording space, which was away from my table. So just kind of trying to navigate all that. Uh, It was a little challenging at first, but then I kind of got into a rhythm and I figured out how to do it. And then it got easier from there. But that said, for this first one, I feel like I kind of 
I was a little slow to, to getting around to being like, hey, quite you specifically, I'd like you to come onto my podcast and talk about your film. Uh, it took me a while. I don't know if it was just me like working up the courage, which I don't think that's it because I'm not really a shy person, especially in a setting like this. Uh, but I don't know. It just it took me a while to figure out the best way to do it. And then finally, my wife was like, OK, like, when are you going to talk to somebody? And I said, I was like, soon, soon, please, like, just like get off my back. I promise. <laughs> I promise I will do it. And she's like, okay, you go over into the VIP space and just whoever is over there, that's who you're talking to. Make it happen. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, fine. You win. Happy wife, happy life. Those of us that are married know what we're talking about there. So I go over to the VIP space and I see this gentleman there who turns out to be Dylan Jacobson. Uh, He's sitting there. I want to say he was talking with somebody and then he got done talking with them. And I just quite literally went up to him and I was like, hey who are you? I'm Jordan. I have a podcast screen speak. You know, I gave him my elevator pitch and I was just like, what are you doing right now? And he's like, Oh, not, not much right now. He's like, I'm going to go in there in a little while and watch movies. And I was like, well, you're not doing anything right now. I'm not doing anything right now. Why don't you be the first filmmaker that I have on my podcast? And I will just quite literally do this on the fly and see how it goes. Uh, so that's exactly what happened. Uh, he, he entertained that request and I, I took him away from where he was at, brought him to the corner that I was at at the film festival with my recording setup. And I went ahead and had a conversation with him. And that's what you're going to hear here in just a little bit. Uh, before we get to the conversation though, I do want to go ahead and get those plugs out of the way. Cause yeah, I, I have to do them at some point. Uh, otherwise, you know, Some people might look at the description, but I can't really assume that all will. So I'll make this quick. If you have not done this already, please go ahead and do so. Hit the follow button while you're here. That way, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll ask you multiple times, I guess, to do this because I can't specifically know if you personally did this. But please go ahead and hit that follow button so that you don't miss out on any future content. Typically, a bell on whatever platform you're listening to this on will help. Hit the follow button, hit the bell, and get involved with ScreenSpeak on social media. There is the Instagram for it, and there's also a Facebook community group. So go ahead and check out those. Otherwise, you're certainly welcome to just email me directly uh, with any questions that you have. You want me to be on your podcast? Do you have a podcast? I don't really give a shit. Get a hold of me however you want to. That's perfectly fine, okay? So that's it for the plugs. Um, now back to this conversation I had with Mr. Mr. Dylan Jacobson. I doubt he goes by that, but I'll just call him Dylan. Um, actually half the conversation ended up just being around just kind of general movie subjects. We didn't jump into his movie straight away. I kind of just wanted the conversation to be organic. Um, we talk about Dylan's background, talk about, you know, sort of why he's doing what he's doing right now in the world of film, his aspirations. We talk about some of the things he's learned in school. So that was particularly interesting to me. Uh, we talked a little bit about Ari Aster movies uh, being like Hereditary and Midsummer and Bo is Afraid. Um, spend some time talking about horror films. And then, of course, we eventually get around to talking about his short film Large, which Cool thing on this episode is that if you check out the description, I actually have a link for the short film because it is available to watch on uh, Dylan's YouTube channel. So that link is also in the description of this episode. So definitely go ahead and check that out. So you can check out Large, his short film. You can also check out his YouTube channel. I have his Instagram in there. I have a lot of different things, a lot of different links, good links though. 
all in the description of this episode. So without any further ado or introduction, I just want to say thank you all for checking out this first of several episodes that originated from the Cedar Rapids Independent Film Festival. And with that said, this is my conversation with Mr. Dylan Jacobson on his short film, Large. I told one of my deepest, darkest secrets to a total stranger. Yeah, it's true. I was going to say, we don't, we don't even hardly know each other that well. We, we met literally about, um, I don't know, like five, ten minutes ago, something like yeah. that. I don't know. And if this part's going in, then nobody's going to know about it. That's that's true. It's yeah. very true. So, you got a movie at this festival. Yeah. It's, uh, it's large. I uh, made it for a film production course last semester um, for college. I'm mm-hmm. a University of Iowa cinema student. Nice. Yeah. I uh, transferred there from Marshalltown Community College where I studied digital media and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in my th- uh, technically my third year. At, at this point, like it's it's so convoluted like what year i'm in because you, now you can like take credits in high school and it's different now yeah yeah, yeah I, I took enough credits in in high school to graduate community college in two semesters so i got got that taken care of got my gen ads out of the way and uh and i'm set to graduate in uh spring of 2024 um uh, given that i pass all my classes which at this point, I'm not concerned about, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> so what's the, you know, they always ask anybody that's in college this question, but, you know, what are you going to do after you graduate? Um, I'm actually, uh, I, I actually, I've actually started networking already with uh, with some people and I've gotten to know some really, really awesome film producers. Yeah. So um, they're, they're keeping me in the loop with their, with their projects as they're going on. They're very, uh, very oriented around uh, period pieces, especially in the... Uh, the uh, early 18th and uh, uh, late 18th and early 19th century. Why are they oriented towards that? Well, I, I guess I, I should I should say instead it's the actual 19th and 20th century because okay. it's like yeah. So so late 80s, early 90s. It's just where like uh, a lot of like really major wars happened, and I know that they're uh, they're they're really oriented around uh, I guess researching those things because those things are absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, and it's just something that a lot of people, I guess, in this level of the industry is not really doing at this point. Like everybody is making like slices of life and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and horror films. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sure. it's just like, if you want to break out in, into your own like niche, then you got to find mm-hmm. something unique. And the, these guys are history buffs. So they just happen to, uh, yeah. to really like those too. I know when I think of <clears throat> when I think of history buffs in film and you know there's certainly probably several I could mention but for some reason the one that comes to mind is like Robert Eggers mm-hmm. um you know he did the Northman and the the witch and those are all very you know period piece films and he's very much like a history major um but I guess yeah you're right now that I think about it cuz I'm trying to think of anybody in as you say this level of film that are kind of touching this like the, the silence right now is because I'm really trying to draw a name and I'm like, mm, I can't. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of go on. So, um, I mean, we're hopefully making names that are, uh, that are doing that as right now as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, so I guess to, to answer the question fully, um, I'm yeah. going to be, uh, constantly, constantly like hoping I'll be continuing to work with those people. 
basically um, any job that gets me behind a camera or working at an editing table, um, just working with uh, with video or audio, mm-hmm. is, uh, is is where I'm looking at. Um, I'll I'll go anywhere. I'll go where I'm called. Um, if anybody is uh, looking for uh, for somebody, come uh, after spring 2024. I mean, it's a very specific time. Why that time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, other than, of course, you're, you know, you're in school. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be graduating <clears throat> then, of course, uh, given I graduate, you know, I, uh, I pass all my classes. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm currently just like really focused on my studies right now. And, uh, and honestly, my, my experience in the, and I'm, I go to the university of Iowa and yep. I'm a cinema student. Um, they, um, they, they have like a really, really cool program with, uh, some really cool people. Um, and I'm very oriented towards production and they have a pretty wide array of, uh, of those things that are, um, offered to students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why the, why the orientation to the production side specifically? Um, I definitely think that, um, it, I don't know, my, my dad's an engineer okay. um, and, and he, uh, he definitely thinks that, uh, um, I, I guess his worldview has kind of, uh, influenced me. So, mm-hmm. um, basically I told, I basically told myself that I need to have a set of practical skills that I can apply to, to, um, basically anywhere. And, uh, well, well not anywhere, but just like in, in the area that I'm really interested in mm-hmm. and it has to be, I guess, uh, tangible and practical. And the thing is, um, with the film production side, you can tell whether or not like, a a shot is in focus or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's, uh, it's harder to tell, especially for like, a I guess layman's that aren't like classically trained, like, uh, like what a shot means, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I, I guess what a lot of film academics are more uh, tailored towards. And there's definitely the academia side, um, obviously since it's a college and, yeah. and it's, uh, and it's required for me to take those things. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a side of film theory that uh, aids in film production, mm-hmm. but it's 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 uh, again I said it's easier to uh, to tell whether or not a shot is good and mm-hmm. uh, in in objective terms than uh, than critical. And what side of the production? I mean, like you said, behind the camera, but can you be more specific? Like what side of that? Um, I would probably either be operating the camera or uh, actually pulling focus, which uh, I've done both of those before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, uh, I've worked with, uh, with DSLR cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with, uh, TV cameras, most of them through, uh, through college. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty much just, uh, just, just producing more narrative content is, uh, is, is what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the ideal uh, situation right there. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like now just going back to like the basics of, uh, just like your love of movies. I mean, like, is it, is the reason you're doing this aside from just, you know, what you said about your father and kind of giving you practical tools. But I mean, I'm assuming you must have a, a love for movies at your core. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think as I've, uh, as I've absorbed more, especially, uh, since I'm, uh, I, I, I now basically homework is watching movies now. That's, um, that's some great assignments, right? <laughs> I was yeah, gonna say, like, yeah. if, if that's, if that's the worst that you have to do for schoolwork, like, you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I do have to write essays and take quizzes still, but those are, those <clears> are <throat> minute. What kinds of films have, have they, like, had you watch? Uh, so right now I'm actually taking two courses where pretty much you watch a film every single week. One of them is looking more at a historical, um, contemporary, uh, look at a film. So we're, we pretty much just, uh, travel the world in a, uh, in a contemporary sense, like, uh, from like the, the late sixties to now 
in every region of the world in their various cinemas. So we uh, we go to like uh, um, like Germany or uh, or India and we mm-hmm. watch films that come from there. Um, hmm. And uh, and then there's uh, there's the introduction to film theory cl- class, which is uh, looking at the different areas of film theory, like uh, like how do uh, I'll I'll just uh, I'll just kind of spitball some like Soviet montage theory, Frankfurt School theory, uh, auteur theory. Um, for those of you who don't know exactly what those are, Soviet montage is pretty much just analyzing how shots uh, like edited together, how how they can derive meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Frankfurt School is pretty much trying to figure out the uh, the the meaning of cinema. Like, is it is it is it just uh, just for commercial gain, or is mm-hmm. there something like deeper that they can do? And then, uh, and then auteur theory is just, uh, basically who is the author of film? Like, gosh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and most people say the director, but, uh, then you've got people like Charlie Chaplin, you've got like Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. you've got, uh, all these people, uh, like, um, for, for people who've seen like Happy Madison Productions, Adam Sandler could yeah. be, could the be, Sandman. Yeah. He, he could be considered an auteur, um, but he's not a director. And, no, no. Yeah. He's a, he's an actor, but. No, it's it's interesting, like t- like thinking about the the different ways that film can be analyzed, like from the academia perspective that you're saying. Um, I don't know, and, and I and I, I I'm sure these courses would probably say the same thing. I really don't think you could just put it into one answer. You know, like like there's just some straight two sentence answer for that. Like no. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and, and honestly, anything with that, basically any any field that has theory in the title can be wrapped up in one phrase and that phrase is it's inconclusive (laughs) yep um i'm trying to think you know uh title of my podcast is screen speak so naturally just based off this conversation i should talk about how the movies speak to me right Mm -hmm. um i think that they work on a lot of different levels um were you here at the start of the festival like when they did the actual like criff like welcome uh, I was there. Um, I did not catch the the whole welcome though. Okay. So, so shout out to Scott Chris uh, Scott Chrisman, the founder of the festival. But he said something that really rung true, and I'll probably paraphrase a little bit. But he basically said how it doesn't really matter like where the film is coming from, um, but the ultimately like the stories and the emotions that are felt within it can reach broader audiences and people that ordinarily you wouldn't come in contact with and that you're really able to empathize with other people's uh, human experience basically uh, and just draw in a lot more meaningful connections in life than what someone that maybe just kind of lives in their own bubble would get to and that's like some you know real grandiose uh, stuff right there but I, I really do agree about that because for myself um I've learned so many things about my own thoughts on stuff going on in the world for movies that it's like, I never would have had any idea about that, Mm. but then more so on the practical side, just on the camera stuff, just to, you know, get in, get on your level (laughs) a little bit. There's, there is so much that has to go on behind the scenes to make a movie happen that practically anytime I even see one get made, even if it's like like a critically panned bad one, they're they're miracles to me because especially depending on the size of the crew and all the the technical sides of it you're still having to unite people under a banner 
Um, so there's a lot that could be said there. Who is, who is, who is that? Uh, those are, uh, those are some of the producers I was talking about. So that's, uh, oh, okay. Baron Whitnabin and, uh, Burdette Walters. Um, they're, uh, they're rep- here representing, uh, Reveille, which okay. is a, uh, World War II film that is, uh, showing at, uh, Criff and actually showed, uh, uh, today at 335. Um, how was the reaction to it? Uh, reaction was really positive. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and this is, uh, this is the first time that I actually saw the, the finished cut of it as well. So, mm. uh, um, I, I worked a uh, camera assistant focus pulling on it as well. So, um, basically really relevant experience to what I want to do in the future as well. Um, mm-hmm. but it's there, there are, I I'm finding that there are like uh two, like major, like, uh, I guess major points in film production where the film really like com basically comes to life or is the most lively. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, basically the, the final moments of production. And then the first, like, uh, like physical screening of it on, uh, either on a big screen or on streaming or yeah. whenever, whenever it's released to the public. I gotta imagine though, it's, it's much more impactful to see it directly with an audience as opposed to streaming. Yeah. Not that, that, you know, someone can't have an enjoyable experience on that, but I mean, how, how do you beat a full cinema? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you really can't honestly like that. It's, it's it's a a unique experience to be in a theater Mm -hmm. it's it's very unique and uh and and i i used to think it's not a it wasn't as much of a big deal and then and then i come here and i uh, and i hear more intellectual people Mm. basically people that that are on a on a level of uh of of analyzing film that i could (laughs) only dream of going it going towards basically talking about the the, I guess the, the shared experience of, mm-hmm. uh, of sharing a space with other people watching one thing, like the dark room, um, is solely focusing on one thing and yeah. one thing only. And it's being shown at a, basically in a temporal state of, uh, state of time and being. Yeah. And, um, it, it can, it can, you can dive really, really deep into that. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, if, if you really want to, I mean, even on movies that some people wouldn't even find deeper meaning and you, you can, you can go down the rabbit hole as they yeah. say. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, I think what the, uh, what, you know, what the, the, you know, what the, the man said about, uh, at, at the, at the opening of yeah. it, I think what he said really, um, uh, applying it to what I've learned uh, at uh, at UIowa, that's really mm-hmm. um, delving into spectatorship theory. Now, what is that? It's uh, pretty much focusing less on the film and mm-hmm. more on how the film impressions the audience. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, that's something I'm sure I, I've heard other filmmakers talk about it, is that you, you put all this painstaking love into the movie, post-production can be really tiresome and tedious because of all the little nitpick stuff that you have to go over. But once it gets out in front of the audience, it's like, it's no longer yours. It's, it's theirs, you know, I mean, it's for the people to interpret it as you will. And at that point, the film is what it is. And they can also take on life in ways that the filmmakers didn't even think about too, which I always find interesting when a movie comes out and it completely over the years, just, goes into its own field and the filmmakers never had any intention for it. It's because of the audience. Yeah. And, and also that's, it's, it's part in like finding audience, finding the audience, but also finding the right audience as well. Mm. Yeah. Try to think how, I mean, I mean, how do you think they find the right audience? Um, like focus groups or something like that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely more focused, uh, areas of, uh, of film that people tend, tend to, uh, go towards. Um, you can, 
you know, basically like there's very there are like genre specific film festivals that people go to um then there's uh demographic specific film festivals as well and i feel that those are um th those are really i guess revolutionizing how uh how people like within those like uh like people that are like horror buffs go and you know, go and watch uh horror films mm -hmm. and uh and and they they view it more i guess they they uh they they view it in a in a way that uh that somebody that that doesn't really like horror wouldn't uh wouldn't view it as mm -hmm. um to, to to actually put our put my own um i guess spin on it one of my favorite horror films uh is ariaster's hereditary I gotta confess, man, I've never seen it. Um, you are missing out, my friend. I I am sure I am. I yeah. have heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I've sat. You're, you're gonna kill me. I've never seen Midsummer as well. Yeah. I <laughs> I am going. To, I, I've been meaning to watch it as well. So I mean, I'm I'm not gonna kill you on that. And and, and it's so weird. I, I I've I've had it like checked out from the library so many times, and I just uh. And I'm just like so caught up in all all of these other different things. I just don't really have the time to just sit down and watch a film. It's that, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean that that's one of the trickiest things I think we have right now is just how much content there is, and especially the different ways you can digest it now beyond just the theater. I think it makes it more challenging for people to see it. Um, I can tell you, I do want to see his next movie, the the Bo is Afraid. I think it was oh. supposed to be called Disappointment Boulevard, but they changed the title. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I definitely want to see that, but I I'm kind of hearing rumors that it's like we we gave the guy a little too much freedom, but I also don't know. Yeah, it, 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 you you hear that with a, especially with A24 films, you really hear that. But I yeah. think on, if anything, I'm gonna go just because it's Joaquin Phoenix and Ari Aster. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of putting back on that. So I love Hereditary. Um, my mom, who scares very easily, and also <laughs> Did you watch is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched it as a family. Um, scolded my dad, basically saying that 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 he should basically you, you should have done your research before checking out this film because it is so evil and bad and terrible. Oh God! And and I mean, you can you can go into you can open up an, an even like bigger you know, bigger area of theory with that. Basically. There, there are two very big modes of uh, trying to distinguish a good film, and then it's the it's the objective side. Like, is the cinematography good? Yep. Is the uh, is the story good? But then also the content and how it speaks to you. Mm. And and that's why finding the right audience is uh, is is another really big thing because I don't. I would go to a horror specific film festival. I would love to uh, to do yeah. that. Um, and uh, I I don't think I would bring bring the family though. Cause, uh, cause they're not. Did you ever, uh, I mean, did you watch horror movies as a kid? Um, very few. Yeah. Um, I, I think I started, I, I think I, I was, I was a very impressionable child. Um, so, uh, I remember a very vivid memory of me, um, as a kid, I was at uh, one of my friend's houses and I had to, we were hanging out in his room. We were like playing Legos or like Mario Kart or something like that. And I needed to use the bathroom. So I go out and, uh, and, and his older sister, um, who was, it was basically was with all of her, all of her friends and they're, uh, they're in there and they're watching, uh, uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, God. And it's the, uh, and, and, uh, spoiler warning for anybody that wants to watch it, um, tune out for the next like 15 seconds. It's the scene, um, oh yeah, and also if anybody's squeamish. Is it a little boy in the semi or? Yeah, it, no, no, not the little boy in the semi. It's the, it's the, the, the reanimated boy and, uh, and, and he, and he comes out with the, with the knife and he cuts the Achilles tendon of the, uh, of the, of the, of the, of the you better stay out of the Pet Cemetery. That guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Can't think of what the hell his name is. Uh, I think it's Jeb. 
I think you're actually right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, he cut, cuts the Achilles tendon and then he just starts like basically just stabbing him. And I'm, and, I'm, and, and, and I'm just like sitting there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to go to the bathroom to, 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 to relieve myself after that. <laughs> I, you know, my, uh, my dad, he, uh, he, he liked to, probably in a twisted way he always liked to show me horror films i probably shouldn't have seen when i was younger or at least like really psychologically disturbing stuff um i watched i remember the ring at a very young age and he was even so messed up after the fact that he had uh, my stepmom at the time 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 the call to the answering machine so that way when the movie's over you know promptly the phone's gonna ring and she's like seven days and you know i'm freaked out thinking that basically samara's gonna crawl her ass out of the television and come <laughs> yeah. get me yeah um yeah a lot of stuff like that and you like you don't realize in hindsight you're like hmm it's kind of kind of messed up that that they did that mm-hmm. but i guess i guess i'm fine yeah yeah, it, it, there's there's an interesting like a uh, like it basically in I I will watch something and I will experience it for the first time, but then I'll watch it and rec- I'll, I'll think think about it again in retrospect and I'll rewatch it and mm. instead of uh and instead of like like thinking oh that was a that was a scary monster I'll be like okay is that practical or did they have some sort of like uh, special effects with it? So you uh, think more about like the logistical side of how they actually pulled it off. Yeah, and this is a tip for anybody that wants to like um, get over their I guess quote unquote fear of horror films, which mm. I mean I guess. I guess uh, you know, the point of horror is to be afraid, um, but yeah, but there's a lot of people that shy away from it because they don't like the feeling, you know, the literal physical symptoms that come with being afraid. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But if, if anybody, if anybody like has that issue and they want to watch horror films mm. like uh, with their friends or anything like that, um, think of the logistics. Think of just purely think about how they did it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's just like uh, there, there's somebody behind that camera. Um, there, mm. there's somebody like that's, uh, that's, that's off to the side capturing the sound of the, uh, of the, of the, the monster or mm-hmm. the, or the dialogue or the screams. Um, there, there's somebody that's operating that, that like a giant alien puppet. Right. Um, there, there's, there, there are people like in that. Um, I actually, I actually ruined alien for myself. Oh, um, because okay. of that in in the in the climax of that um also another spoiler but honestly it's it's, it's been, out, been out since like what like 78 it's, or it, it's 79 been, <laughs> it's been out for decades if you haven't watched it yet it's your fault um yeah so the um so so the alien gets uh gets blasted at the end by uh by like the 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 escape pods jet engine uh-huh. and as the aliens going back we get a shot of the back of the of the back and i could definitely see from the lower from the lower side that it's a it's a like a guy in a black leotard <laughs> and i'm like oh man that that's how i was like i was like oh that's how they did it and then later on I'm like oh that that's how they did it oh does no. that ever take the enjoyment away, though? I mean, because to your point, it's like, yes, if you're someone that has a hard time watching the movie, then that might help. But then because of having that knowledge, you know, it, it kind of takes away the suspending of disbelief. Mm. Right. So so that's a, that's another thing. I, I force myself to, to just enjoy the film the first time I watch it. Just don't think about any of that. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, I, and I think that was uh, spawned actually from me watching Alien. So because I because I thought about that, like it, I recognize that immediately and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. oh, that's um, yeah, that's uh, that's that, a, I think that's a healthy thing, though. I mean, did you do you find it difficult to do the separating act like that? Um, the the no, sorry, the what? I, I guess I would call it like the separating act because even though like you have to probably build up like a discipline to like kind of be able to do that, do you ever find it difficult that first time to be like, okay, like 
I, I know I'm really not supposed to focus on this, but but now I'm focusing on this. Or can you do it fairly easily once you get it established? I, I can do it fairly easily, especially if it's a really good, really good, well-made film. Yeah. Um, like the 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 more well-made that it, you know, that it is, the more the, the less I'll actually think about it as a film, and and like I'll I'll be more impressioned by it. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to think you know you talked about a movie where like you watch it about you know you watch it once and then you watch it like years later and you have a completely different impression of it and mm-hmm. you mentioned that with alien are there other movies where like you know you watch it, like a decade after and you're just like oh now i'm watching this completely differently yeah um uh when i was a kid one of my favorite films uh was a an animated kids film called dougal okay i can't say i've heard of that yeah it's uh it, it's um, I don't know. It's a it's a very it's a very poorly uh, animated film. I, I guess not very poorly. It's it's well lit, but mm-hmm. it's very low poly in my opinion. Um, but it's a very it's it's like a it's like a dog and like a and like a rabbit and a, and a couple of other like anthropomorphic uh, people that are trying to like uh, I guess stop an eternal winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there it's there there are so many elements of it that I'm like just missing out on. I loved it as a kid because it was eye candy. Mm-hmm. And also um, my name my name is Dylan and the rabbit in in the film his name is Dylan and I'm okay. like oh hey another person named Dylan let's <laughs> let's go and uh and yeah, I don't know. And and I remember uh, so I loved it as a kid and uh and and I remember I I I used to like thinking that my dad was uh was was not a very like a uh, like intuitive person for not liking the film because I thought it was amazing. Hmm. And then I decide, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to just take a trip down memory lane one day. I don't even remember how old I was. I was like mid teens or something like that. I popped that in. Um I couldn't get 20 minutes in into the film and then I 20 just, minutes. Yeah. And it was um it, it wasn't even like a so bad it's good thing. It was mm-hmm. just it's just bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, it, those are tough ones to swallow, and because you wish it would be so bad that like you could get some enjoyment out of it, but there's there's fewer worse things in life than watching something that's truly bad and just really wishing that you had those seconds of your life, well, more than seconds of your life back. Yeah, the the concept of so bad is good has actually shifted the way that I like. I, I have like a, a personal way I rate films, uh, and, how's it, that? and and it used to be like it's it's a it's a one to ten thing. Okay. Um, but with this introduction introduction of so bad it's good, um, and I think I was influenced by a YouTuber. I'm I, I don't even I'm I'm blanking on the name right now. He he basically ranks the uh, the entire like a uh, catalog of these big studios. Like one time he did the entire like a uh, Disney animation oh, wow. uh, thing. Like it's and and there's only like forty. 40 or 50 films in in the disney like specifically disney animated animated things like excluding pixar excluding their live action things which it 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 seems not right because it seems like they've done so much more but also it makes sense because they've been around for a hundred years and uh and and especially if you're making an animated film it's going to take a long while to do that anyway he uh he had this uh this concept where some something could be so bad it's good mm-hmm. so basically um if you're if you're like a uh, if you like graphs you'll uh visualize this if you will it's like a parabola going from 10 0 to negative 5 okay like t- so the the whole the whole thing is negative 5 to 10 and then you get into the negatives it's so bad it's good um mm, okay and so so pretty much like a like a negative one and a one are on the same level of like uh, I guess enjoyment almost, and uh, but the but the quality is like very very bad. 
Hmm. So, so pretty much like a, like a negative five is like, is like a bad film, but it was like, it was done spec in a spectacularly bad way that it makes it good. So pretty much just, uh, just, just on an enjoyment level, it can be higher than a one or a zero. Damn. I got, I gotta say, I mean, like I've, I've had a, I've had a few different, like, you know, scales, I guess I would go off for movies. I've, I've done the one, the tens done the you know the one one in stars out of five stars uh, even done the letter grade stuff uh i i find it difficult myself to to put like definitive kind of like grades on things just because i really like to explore a lot of the nuances of movies and so but but on a really bad movie i mean sometimes if something's just shit then you know sometimes it's just shit but yeah. I'm not, i'll have to look up that scale i can't say i've heard of that yeah um I, I I don't know if you can look it up, but I I'm 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 so mad. I'm blanking on the YouTuber. He 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 does this like all the time. Like he 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 does like uh he he does like video games as well. Hmm. He does TV shows. He does movies. Basically, basically any sort of like uh like film or digital medium. He hmm. he, he does that. So, so I'm trying to think like how I could search for that online. I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly. That'd yeah. be, tr- be tricky. I just realized I haven't even talked to you about the movie that's on your badge. Oh, large. Yeah, we're I just. We should probably talk about it. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're talking about that. We're, we're just, we're just two, you know, two dudes talking about film. I mean, there's nothing and, wrong and about a very that. dimly writ uh, room. I want to yeah. add that kind of. It's a, it's kind of a, it's kind of a sketchy vibe, but no, I mean, but I mean, it's I could, spacious. I don't know. I could definitely see like a. It's it's very very high contrast with the uh, with the the, the streetlights coming in. I mean, I could see like a. <laughs> Like us filming a noir thing or something like that. Like we're <laughs> we're two podcast you know, casters, like like talking about something that we probably shouldn't. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe like this this location could be rented out for future use for that. Yeah, I mean, segment. I mean, they were willing to uh, to to host a VIP lounge for Criff. I mean, I'm I'm that's, sure they would they would be willing to to keep on going. That, so. That's that's an idea. If it happens, I'll I'll give you like a two percent credit or ten percent royalty or something yeah. like that. I don't, I, I don't really know. I don't know. Um, I. The, the most that I've charged uh, for you know, for something is yeah. uh, is a, uh, a a handshake and uh, and my name in the credits. Oh, okay, yeah, that's very fair. That, so, that, so what's well, what is large? So large is a um, is is a project that I made as a as a final project for modes of film and video production, which is a the entry level production course at the University of Iowa Cinematic Arts, and pretty much. Um, uh, I I made it um, just because I, I had this uh, idea just rolling around in my head about a uh, um, basically um, I was I was told one time that um, by by somebody that um, you should write about what you're afraid of or, hmm. or make a film about what you're afraid of and what are you afraid of um, losing my ambition hmm why is that so scary. Um, just because like, uh, I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I feel like I have something really good going on right now. And mm-hmm. if I were to lose that, uh, I, I feel like that would be like very detriment, detrimental to, to like myself, my, my, my life, my, mm-hmm. my, my life goals, um, my outlook on, on the world. Um, but yeah, um, and, uh, and yeah, the, 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 the thing about, um, writing about what you're afraid of, I mean, it's, it's. If, if you wrote about what you're afraid of all the time, all you'd make were horror films. So, so getting into the more nuanced, uh, psychological fears as well is, uh, really, really helps you kind of expand out. Hmm. So, so, um, that, that was the concept. And then 
And then somewhere down the line, I uh, so so I, I came up with the idea for this film in my final year of high school. Okay. And uh, and and there was this uh, like a, like an ambassador or like a I don't know like a public a motivational speaker mm-hmm. who who came to uh, ba- basically a bunch of a bunch of schools and got together and they gathered in this and in, in like this uh, we our, our our gym is uh, at, at my high school is really really large so a bunch of a bunch of local schools came by and there was a speaker that came by. And uh, pretty much, he was just reciting a bunch of different mantras, like uh, like you need to, uh, are are you entitled to uh, to to a good life? Mm. Are you feeling like that life is happening to you? Um, a bunch of a bunch of these like uh, like I don't know the, these 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 phrases that essentially mean nothing, right? And uh, he would say he would talk for like five minutes, and then he would pick somebody out from the crowd and pass them a basketball and uh, and play one on one with him for a little like like a couple minutes, and then get back to uh, to his thing, and then uh, pick out another person from the crowd, and they would like play him horse or something like that. <clears throat> um, I don't know, and uh, and I remember just sitting there like when whenever I wasn't on my phone scrolling through uh, through Instagram or, or yeah. TikTok or something like that, I would I would just think, man, this this guy is. Uh, this guy is getting paid for this right <laughs> this is like this is like a i don't know I, this is like a this is like a scene out of you know straight out of like a like a bad high school film mm-hmm. um so i so i kept this uh, character as a, mo- of a motivational speaker in my uh in my back pocket yeah and then eventually like i i started getting perspective on how i could get and bring these things together so pretty much um uh, one of my one of my uh, uh high school friends um is uh acting in this and uh and he pretty much plays the uh, the the unambitious uh, pe- the, the the man I'm afraid to become the okay. unambitious me. Mm. And pretty much um, after like a after a long like week at his uh, at his dead end nine to five, he decides that he's just gonna gonna take some time to relax and just uh, just order a pizza in. Okay. And, uh, Is that a large pizza? <laughs> Um, he uh, he gets an basically they're they're doing a promotional offer where they're doing uh, free delivery for all medium pizzas. Mm. So he's gonna get a large, but then he's convinced, okay, I'll get a medium for the free delivery, whatever. Right. And then um, he doesn't want to admit that he's just like it, basically um, internally he's just like, man, it happened again. Oh oh well though oh well it's whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so he's just like pretty much ex- accepting that um, that this is his life. Um, life is just gonna keep on doing this to him. Um, he's gonna he's gonna make decisions that he's gonna regret. But you know what? It's okay. And then he turns the TV on, and the uh, and there's a motivational advertisement that comes up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't know. I, I I took a bunch of the mantras that I that I heard over and over again, and I put them into this. Uh, this this conglomeration of a uh, of a uh, of a motivational advertisement, and I actually play the motivational speaker in this. So it's uh, <laughs> so it, so it's me doing an exercise montage and pretty much just walking down down uh, my county road with uh with my the 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 University of Iowa's uh, intro level camera on okay. a gimbal, and I'm just talking, and I'm just like pretty much saying, "Are you in control of your life, or or is life in control All these of buzz you?" Phrases and um, whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> are, are you are, have you told yourself that you, you're, you're gonna you're gonna try again tomorrow or it's not worth the hassle <laughs> um yeah so pretty much that that's how it comes about so um so so um the so the character um gets gets the motivation to mm-hmm. uh pre- pretty much um the uh the the 
the motivational speaker's like purpose is uh is like minutely bastardized by this guy that needed the motivation to uh not go out and like like exercise or like try and change his life or, mm-hmm. or become more ambitious but just to just to call back the pizza place and order a large that's interesting actually yeah because like you're you're kind of showing how i mean well i obviously i need to see this so i can fully uh, understand it but it just sounds like that the by the person like going ahead and taking all this information and just to do something that minute shows at you know shows the power of motivation but like in a, certainly and i and i i'm trying to say ironic way yeah i also think it's also more realistic as well just because like you aren't going to uh completely change your life just because no. uh just because you 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 saw some guy um yelling at you yeah. in at a from a tv screen you might get like you know like that rush of like a, a positive feeling you know like if you really connect with somebody's positive words and whatnot but mm-hmm. i would agree with you it's not like just oh suddenly tomorrow i'll stop doing this thing that's been holding me back and then all of a sudden all the opportunity is right there for me yeah yeah that's realistic yeah mm-hmm. Happens in baby steps, I think for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely know that that I myself like I I hate calling people on the phone. Like like well well I I'm I'm fine with calling people that I know just because I can be more casual with them. Right. But I'll actually like uh, something that I do with emails and phone calls. I'll actually type out like like, like what I'm gonna say and like rehearse what I'm gonna say. Like yeah. uh, like I think uh, I think I was asking somebody to uh, to to basically. Um, for like a 48 hour film project, uh, I needed a, uh, a signature to, uh, to use a certain location mm-hmm. just in case we needed it. And I'm just like, hello, my name is Dylan. I am the team leader of a 48 hour film project team. And I am inquiring you about this. It's very and, formal. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I'll, of course I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it and then I'll actually call them and I'll be like, okay, Hey, my name is okay. Give me a second. <laughs> Okay, my name is uh, my name is Dylan. I'm um, a and and pretty much just uh, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's it's even more realistic as in just uh, it's motiv- motivating yourself to to call somebody back to to call a place back. Yeah, it's interesting to think that even an act as small as what you're talking about, which is purely just placing a phone call, could be provoked out of something brought out of like a motivational thing like that because like to a lot of people you think like what's the big deal just just pick up the phone and and do it but there are definitely people out there that have a lot of different reasons i'm sure for why they're basically couch potatoes and don't do anything Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's interesting man that's really interesting actually Mm. I'll definitely need to watch the movie. Is it playing? Is it playing tomorrow? Uh, it's uh, it's playing. Or is it maybe? I guess what time is it right yeah, now? Yeah, it's, it's playing on Sunday. Sunday. So, so yeah. Oh, that's right. You, uh, that's right. Yeah. You told me at the beginning that yeah, no. uh, Student Sunday. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, both of the screenings are happening happening on a Student Cinema Sunday. Um, there's one in Theater One and then another one in Theater Two. I think the Theater Two one is before then. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I'll be here for the whole festival, so I want to check out as much as I can. Oh so. yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you do, if you do miss out on it, then uh, then it's it's on uh, it's on my my uh, actually my forty eight hour film project team's YouTube channel just because enough people worked on it. Um, what's it? What's the channel called? It's called CLD Films. I'll put all this in the description of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's uh. So CLD Films is the uh, YouTube channel. Um. You can find a couple of forty eight hour film projects that we've done. Um. Uh, from our most recent one, which is a, uh, actually a director's cut of, uh, of our 
um, probably one of our one of our better works, and then a uh, and then a horror film that we did for the very first Des Moines Forty Eight Hour Horror Film Project that uh, that came around to the area, and uh, and then our, uh, our our debut into the to the festival, which I'm not necessarily proud of, but <laughs> I I it, I don't want I won't take it down just because it's it shows where we've come from. It's an interesting thing. Uh, I mean, for when you have content that like you, you know, you have like your issues with and you're just like almost sometimes embarrassed about not saying that's what this is for you. But I can tell you as a content creator myself, I, I got some shit out there where I, I, I came very close to like hitting the delete because somebody could see it and be like, oh, geez, like they're going to get the wrong idea or something like that. But I try to be real with myself and just say, you know, that stuff is for better or worse, a representation of who you are at that time. And it is what it is, you know, mm -hmm. like you can't take it back. And without that stuff, I don't think you get to where you're at right now. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it's even better and better to, uh, for me to keep it up there just because it shows growth. It shows how yeah, much we've grown, absolutely. like where, where, where we've come from, like, as Bo Burnham said, look at where you came from. Look at you now. Did he say that? Um, it's uh, it's it's in Bezos one. It's uh, from his <laughs> from his Netflix special Inside. I I actually heard a lot of really good things about that one, but I I never got around to watching it. Uh, I don't know. The uh, the, the the actual song is like le less than a minute long, so very easy to digest. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm trying to think. Um, I should probably let you get back to what you're doing, man. But yeah. I appreciate you literally just letting me come up to you and be like, "Hey, do you want to do a podcast right now?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, just anything that uh, that, that that gets uh, that uh, I, I say gets me out there. But I feel like that's something that, that's uh, that's a bit selfish of me to say. But also, why, it's well, just why like is it selfish of you to say that. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I suffer a lot from imposter syndrome a lot, so it's uh, so. Oh, I mean, you're full of, full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I know, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's always a pleasure. Um, and I I can't wait to uh to to listen to my uh voice. Have you been I on guess. the podcast before? Uh, I've been on Cinematic Heartland uh with uh Kevin Isaacson and Michael Godfrey. Uh, for anybody that's in the Iowa area, um, yeah. that's a uh. That that's uh, another local podcast. Um, I, I have an episode there. Um, nice. Some of my uh, other filmmaking friends have uh, have episodes on there. Um, uh, so yeah, um, people watch, you know, listen to Cinematic Heartland after you listen to this episode and a bunch <laughs> of other Screen Speak episodes. Yeah. And that, so the next time that I go on Cinematic Heartland, I need to talk about Screen Speak. Boom! There's like a crossover effect yeah. that ripples. You know, I, I'll, I'll say this and I'll and I'll wrap up this conversation. But you know, the imposter syndrome thing, man, like. I mean, I, I get you on that. Mm -hmm. um, I like, you know, doing like this podcast, like it's, it's come a long way. I mean, my first episode I'm sure is kind of cringe, even the first couple. Um, but I also am like, you know what? I, I care about this a lot and only me can really make it better. And I'm like, there's not really like, like, sure. I could like judge this off of like some really successful podcast and be like, Oh, like I'm not them yet, but like, fuck it. I mean, like I, I am who I am and this is an expression of myself and I just have to keep doing it and getting better. And I know I will not please everybody. Yeah. And the, and the thing that really keeps me going is, uh, especially when comparing myself to others, I say, you know, my, my, my internal voice says, you are not like them. And I say, yeah. yes. And I'm glad. 
because I get to be me. I used to use this quote uh, fairly often, and I think this is fitting to end it on. Uh, it's Oscar Wilde, I believe. He says, the, be yourself because everybody else is already taken. I yes. think that rings true. Yeah, it absolutely rings true, and I will uh, let you let you, I'll let you have that on uh, have that to end it. So I'll, I'll, I'll marinate on that one a little bit after this. All right. <laughs>